We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, Irish fans, to this special post-game edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. I am Vince D'Addario. I am the football analyst here at irishbreakdown.com. And with me, as always, is the currently dejected uh, Brian. No, I'm not dejected. I'm fired up. (laughs) Okay, fired fired up. up. I'm not dejected at all. I'm fired (laughs) up. Uh, Brian Driscoll, he is the publisher here at at irishbreakdown.com. And we wanted to to put this out there uh, to just to get our immediate thoughts on this game. And uh, Brian, I'm going to let you just start. Uh, first of all, your overall thoughts, your impressions as we sit here about an hour after the game is over. Uh, my, my first thought is, is this is just the same old, same old. I, I mean, this is just a game where you, honestly, you know, Vince, why I'm fired up. I wasn't even fired up at the end of the game. I, I'm be honest with you. I was like, yeah, Kind of expected it. You know, I thought Notre Dame has the talent to compete with Bama, and I still do. I don't think that game was was Alabama's the better team, but Notre Dame is good enough to compete with Alabama, and then if a couple things go your way, they can win the game. Sure. Um, this was another example of Notre Dame being outclassed on the big stage. Not out-talented on the big stage, outclassed. And what I mean by outclassed is I'm talking about the people that get paid a lot of money to, to make this program as good as it can be. And, and that was my frustration. Uh, it was a – it, the game came across as if Notre Dame genuinely felt if we just do what we do, no win. we can win this game. Absolutely. And, and it then, was very clear and, based on the plays that were called offensively. Right. And then you listen to Brian Kelly talk after the game, and he's like, well, you know, they just have really, really good players. And it's just – there's a he made a comment, I believe, about, the, you know, there, there being a, a, a gap on, uh, you know, I'm going to read what he said. Uh, it was just really, really frustrating. He says, we came up short with the firepower. There is not a wider story than with the firepower and making a few more plays. Correct. No, that, 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 well, I guess that's sort of true, but the reason you're not having your firepower is because Alabama puts its best players on the field. You do not at Notre Dame. Absolutely correct. Number one. Number two, Alabama called an aggressive game plan against, against Notre Dame. Alabama did things in this game to take advantage of some, some, some areas where they were better than Notre Dame at corner. We talked about before the game, if this is a game where it's about Alabama's skill against Notre Dame's uh, corners, it's going to be a long day. Sure. And they knew that the Notre Dame pass rush was good. So they hit screens, quick, quick, games, quick plans, games. stuff yeah. like that to neutralize the, 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 the Notre Dame uh, pass rush. 
They attacked Notre Dame's weaknesses. They got on Sean Crawford on some third downs. They went after Clarence Lewis. They went after Nick McLeod. Um, they went after the Buck linebackers with their running backs and with their quick game. And they took advantage of, of areas where they had advantages and somewhat neutralized areas where Notre Dame had advantages. And then the one time they tried to have their star, Devontae Smith, run reverse to the same side of the field as Jeremiah Wusu, Cormon, Kyle Smoked. Hamilton went for minus six yards. Smoked. You know, it's like Jeremiah Wusu was rarely around the ball because Gal- Alabama game plan to make sure he wasn't around the ball. Right. And whereas Notre Dame just went out and said, here's the plays we run and we're going to keep running them. And it was the most maddening thing I ever saw, in, and, including the including the jet sweep to Ben Skoranek. Like oh I, 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 that that is if that's not indicative of this is our playbook, this is what we're running. Mm-hmm. I don't know what is. Right. I, I really don't. And and that was it was absolutely maddening to me because look, Alabama scored on their first three drives of the game. It, they're, they're they're good they're good offensively. Yeah. We knew they were going to score. No surprise there. What I was disappointed in was the manner in which Notre Dame responded to that offensively. Mm-hmm. They, 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 right. It didn't look like they were even trying to score at no. times. Now, I, I give credit to the offensive line. I think they played a, a terrific yeah. game overall. I think Kyron Williams played a terrific game. And look, the game plan to get Kyron Williams the ball uh, through the air, great game plan. Right. Great. Well, I mean, one but, small part of, a, a, you know, uh, no, that's part great, of it. great small part of an overall overall poor Correct. offensive game plan, and 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 the fact that they wanted to get the tight ends involved w- was good early, and then Brian Kelly made the excuse after the game that once Tommy Trumbull went down, that kind of went out the window. Tommy because, Trumbull, who they rarely ever throw the ball right. to, but but he was part of their their thirteen personnel. Which hey, three what tight did ends. George Takis do when uh, he got in the game? He caught. Did the ball. he not? And and on the very next play, on a first and ten. They ran a, a swing route to Kyron Williams, and it was a – Takas was in the slot. Right. The read, it is football 101. It's I outside back. this play. Yes. You identify the flat defender. The yes. flat defender takes off on a beeline to defend yes. Kyron Williams. Number 32. And George Takas turns around, and he's wide open. On There's this big window on a quick option route. Yep. Uh, and if he catches it and gets tackled right away, it's second and four. He most likely catches it and move the chains again. Instead, instead, it's a one-yard gain, and it basically stalls the Notre Dame drive. Yeah, right. George Takis was 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 making plays when he got the ball. I have said this all year. Look, there are a lot of teams in the ACC that would say, "Hey, give us Kevin Bauman, George Takis, and Brock Wright. We'll take them." So to act like a guy that you rarely throw the ball to going down somehow hurts your game plan. Right. Just another excuse by Brian Kelly. To come out and say, well, well, we would have done this, but for, but for, but for. And he makes all these excuses, Vince. Right. That, that are like, he acts as if these things that are choices by him and his coaches are somehow a result of outside influences. Right. And, you know, and, it's like, it, it, it's, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, well, I just want to make the point of the, we're talking about the tight ends. And look, Michael Mayer ended the game with seven catches for 62 yards. Here's the problem. He had one catch in the first quarter. He had one catch in the third quarter, and he had uh, five catches in the fourth quarter when it didn't matter anymore. The game was mm-hmm. over, okay? So you can say, looking back, well, he got the tight end involved. That's what you guys wanted him to do. And right. he got Kyron Williams involved because he had eight catches for 31 yards. But th- those catches didn't happen when they needed to happen. Right. Okay, Kyron right. Williams uh, was, was a very similar situation, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm trying to pull up his, uh, his log here. But e- either way, it wasn't good. 
and, and right. they they didn't do what we needed them to do when they needed them to do right. it. If that make if that makes sense. No, it, it makes sense. And it, the the frustrating thing is they wasted a really good performance by the offensive line and Absolutely. Kyron Williams. Kyron Absolutely. Williams had one missed cut in the game. He bounced a, a, a run early got that that tackle for a loss. You know, but but backs are going to miss cuts, right? That that's a part of it. But he ran hard. He ran with authority. The line was giving him room to run. They weren't ripping off like 30, 40 yard runs, but it was like four yards, six yards, seven yards, 15 yards. Uh, I thought the offensive line uh, played really well. Uh, I thought that the offensive line gave Ian Book time to throw. I thought Kyron Williams played really well. But you didn't counter that with any kind of shot. Mm -hmm. You know, like when was the first time they took a shot downfield? Was it second half? You know, and, and guess what? The first time they threw a deep ball to Javon McKinley, he's covered, and guess what he did? He made a catch. Yep. You know, it, it's just the most – and it, it, there's a lot of people on Twitter banging Ian Book. And Ian Book did not play well. I mean, people are – have a know, great game. Yeah, he's going to point to his numbers, 27 completions, 200-some yards. Most of that came when the game was over. Absolutely He was correct. barely over 100 yards going into the fourth quarter, okay? But I don't really blame Ian Book. He missed throws. He missed reads. Guess what? That's who Ian Book is. Right. He's going to make some mistakes. He's going to miss some reads. He's not going to th- – after 30-whatever starts, he's not going to all of a sudden throw antis- – you know, have anticipation like Mac Jones or Kyle Trapp. Right. You That's have to know who, who you he have. is. You have to right? know who you have. And so That's you right. put him in these situations where he's supposed to find a, a Ben Skoranek on a drag route and throw him open. Guess, guess what? That's not who he is. And the fact that they didn't have any design shots, you know, the 14 personnel, I mean, excuse me, 13 personnel play action downfield shot, you know, of course he's not going to make the throws that you're asking him to make because he hasn't made those throws his entire career. And by you not giving him a game plan with an opportunity to kind of take some of those shots or force some of those shots, and it wasn't that he wasn't throwing the ball deep early, Vince. They weren't really calling it. Right. Well, right? And, so, so in yeah. full disclosure, I was not at the game. But part of the cool thing about not being at the game is I had three monitors up and I had the all 22 up the entire game oh, nice. on ESPN three. That's right. That's what they I watched. That That's what I watched the entire game. Yeah. Okay. There were openings in this game, but yes. the, uh, the opportunities were so few that Ian book had to be perfect in those opportunities to, to, to really be successful. And he wasn't. And so, you know, when, when you, when you are so conservative offensively early on, even when Alabama's going down the field and scoring, it's like, you really thought you were going to put 15 play drives back to back to back to back. You had the one, right? And it was a great drive. It's a great drive. But here's the funny thing is that drive got started because of a 27-yard screen pass to Chris Tyree. Imagine that Who against an aggressive defense. Again. He had, what, one carry after that for the next two and a half quarters? He didn't really carry the ball again until the fourth quarter. And, and, and the fact that your first offensive series of the second half, you start it with Sebo Flemister. I, I don't – and it's not a knock on Sebo. That's not my point at all. It's – he's not that guy. That's right. not – he's not even your second best back. He is your goal line, short yardage, whatever. You don't give him a series right out of halftime. And you're down where, 21-7. And where your defense just gave you the ball back. They stopped right. Alabama. There were a lot of people, Vince, that thought that going into halftime, Alabama starts with the, hat, the ball. They're going right. to go up 28-7, to and this ball game is going to be – Game over. And guess what? That didn't happen because the defense made – because guess what? Clark Lee does what he always does, which is he makes made really good halftime adjustments. Yeah, absolutely. You, if, if you'd have told me going into this game, Brian, Notre Dame is going to hold Alabama to 31 points 
and under 500 yards of total offense. I just said, they're going to win. Sign up, baby. They're going to win. Yeah. Not only did they not win, it wasn't even competitive. And I'm already seeing the spin. Well, if it wasn't for this false start, it would have been. I had someone actually tweet at me that he gave like three excuses. And if it wasn't for that, it's a 31 to 24 game. First of all, if you don't think Alabama called off the dogs in the fourth quarter right. because they knew Notre Dame couldn't right. score on them, you're, 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 you're missing the bigger picture here. I think, I okay. think it was – I saw Malik Zaire tweeted out during the game – or at the end of the game, he goes, Nick Saban and Brian Kelly must be really, really good friends yes. for Saban to take his foot off the gas the way he did. Again, because he did and that's it coming in 2012 from a former, again. That's coming from a yeah. former player. He did okay? it in 2012 again right. as well. Yes, um, correct. This game was not – as close as a 31 to 14 it game. wasn't okay. no it wasn't I it agree. just wasn't uh and and the frustrating thing is you know you see Chris Tyree getting in there and making a play you, you see Lawrence Keyes getting in there and getting the ball now again Alabama's playing a little bit different defense at the time absolutely I believe it was still their starting defense if I if I remember correctly I could be I wrong believe so but I, you know and then then you see when they lose when they when they let started letting Ian Book just let it go just start taking some shots he looked good right you know, and imagine if you would have combined that with the early run game because Alabama made some adjustments at halftime and took the run game away. It's as if Notre Dame's offensive staff at halftime thought, hey, they're not going to make any adjustments, so let's put Sebo in there and pound the ball, um, you know, and Kyron and pound the ball because they're not going to make any adjustments. And then, shocker, uh, it didn't work. Right. You know, because it, it was frustrating because I felt like the offensive line showed that it it, it is – it's if not the best offensive line in the country, it's in that conversation. I felt like Kyron Williams played his butt off. Kyron, you know, Chris Tyree played his butt off. I thought when, when given chance, I thought Ben Skoranek played really well when he got the ball. There were other times he caught four balls for over 40 yards. There was other times Vince, he could have caught the ball. He was open. The change. You were getting ready to say open. something while I was, while I was stalking. Well, we're, we're starting to dive in a little bit into the offense specifically. And so before we do, I want to make sure that we, uh, we hear from our sponsor, one of our sponsors. And the first one is from our podcasting uh, partner, and that's Blue Wire. Hey, everyone. Before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone an opportunity to take your podcast to the next level or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. On top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. The best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate that any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup alone. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out that description box to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com join. All right, welcome back. Uh, I had to get that one in before we dive too deep into the offensive side of the ball. That's and why I let you run things, Vince, because <laughs> I would not have got any podcast ads. Got to pay the bills, I would have just kept on going, man. <laughs> so <clears throat> I want to I wanna jump off of uh, – let's get into some specifics here because you mm -hmm. and I both believe that the offensive line played well. Yeah. And I don't – even as well as they played, I don't feel like Notre Dame capitalized 
off of no. how well they played. No. There, there were there were so many play action opportunities in this game mm-hmm. that Notre Dame didn't take advantage of because right. Notre Dame was the most physical team on when Notre Dame was on offense, they were the more physical team in the trenches. They were pushing Alabama around mm-hmm. as much as you can push around the number one team in the country. It, it's a, not a, like, a, right. It's, it's all relative, right? right exactly. And that, that, that's why I want to make that very clear, but Notre Dame was, was winning the line of scrimmage. And if that's the case, not only do you run the ball, but then that has to parlay into the pass right. game with play action. And they did none of that. In right. My opinion. They ran for over hundred yards in the first half against yes. Alabama. I mean, again, if I, all these things I could have told you, hold them to 31 points, hold them to under 500 yards. You're going to rush for over hundred yards in the first half. You just said, this is going to have to be a completely different outcome. Yeah. It would have been. And, and that's the frustrating thing. Because like you said, the, the, the line did play well. I thought Liam Eikenberg, Eikenberg played very well. I thought Robert Haynes, he played his butt off. I thought Zeke Carell played really I well outside he, of that. He, outside he, of the one miss while the sack. And he was like, he, he was the help guy. Right. He was late getting over for help. And and they got he got sacked and um, that that was obviously a miss. But you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna lose to Christian Barmore. That was the only time I remember Christian Mar- Barmore really making a play. I completely agree. Uh, I thought and on, Zeke on the Carell fourth down played. touchdown, Zeke Carell pushed. Oh yeah, I mean pushed him. You talking about that on the first touchdown? Yes. Oh the yeah, fourth, they ran the right touchdown. behind mm-hmm. Zeke Carell. Yeah. And here's another. It's third and goal at the three. Why are you calling quarterback oh. outside zone? Ian Book is a good runner, right? Yeah, but the two sure. designed runs that I the, the two of the three designed runs I remember him having were a quarterback outside zone on third and seven. Yes, from midfield where yes. you're, you you could be in four down territory. Right. Like, is that a, that's what is that I was four thinking because they, they were kind of close to midfield. So I was thinking, okay, it, are they gonna are they in two down territory? And they, well, they and, didn't. They and I know ball. I know you didn't listen to the press conference, and I did. And mm-hmm. he was asked about that that call, uh, and he said his answer was. I went with the analytics. What? And then, he, then he didn't respond anymore. I went with the a- analytics on that call. The that analytics would have said, okay, you run that play to get into fourth and manageable, and then you so run, you a fourth can run down. another play. Yes, but no. That, that's what the analytics would have told you. Yeah. And then you did it again on third and goal. Now, Ian Book at barely over 200 pounds is a good runner, but when you condense the territory like that, the problem is he is not the kind of body. You know, like if you'd have had Phil Dracovic or Deshaun Kaiser or Malik Zaire, th- this isn't saying that they're better quarterbacks than Ian Book. Please don't. I'm not it's going a, it's there. It's just one isolated it's, play. They're six. Phil Dracovic's 230 plus. Malik Zaire was 220 plus. Deshaun Kaiser was 240. The point is those right. guys were, and I would have made the same complaint if it was ever Golson in a similar play. Right. Where you're asking him to run over a guy. Right. And he's not going to do that. That's not his role. I mean, right. That's not what he does. And, and so if, you know, the, the, the nice comeback on the next play was, okay, well, you know, we hopefully get some positive yards and then we'll run. And if, and it, and that was the thought of, you could say they were running that play and the thought of that, you know, maybe Ian scores, if not, he gets them a little bit closer. And at that point in time, then they could go fourth down and run it like they did. Right. You could sure, say yeah. that's, that's, a, that's was potentially what happened. But then why not do that earlier? So there were just a lot of puzzling things like that, Vince, where, and it's kind of what we've complained about in the past, where it just seemed like there were calls that were made that were just isolated calls, and there was no building blocks being established with what they were doing. And, and that's the frustrating thing for me. Sure. And, you know, look, you're sometimes going to get that when you have a 28-year-old first-year offensive coordinator going against Nick Saban and his staff, you know. And, and that, that's a different topic maybe for another time. But sure. the fact is, is that this was a situation where 
if Notre Dame was going to win this game, they needed to put together an offensive game plan that took their personnel and said, how can we use this to attack Bama? This is not a good Bama secondary. I don't care what anybody says. I've watched every game Alabama has played in this year. And any team that had decent receivers or a decent quarterback could move the ball on them, right? Matt Carell, you're going to tell me Matt Carell and Ole Miss have better skill players than Notre Dame? No, they have a better 48 points and had over 600 yards of offense against Alabama. They have a better play caller. Right. You're I mean, telling me that Georgia's – you're telling me Stetson Bennett is a better quarterback than Ian Book? Stetson Bennett. You know what I mean? You're going to tell me Alabama's skill players are that much better than Notre Dame's that they were going to – that 24 points at halftime against right. Notre Dame. Right. So this notion that Brian Kelly – this see, this is, the, this is what we talked about before the game, Vince. He is the master manipulator. And he's going to try to make the Notre Dame media feel bad and he attacked the, the local media for not, you know, being more positive and actually having a standard of thinking, I don't know, Notre Dame should compete for and win championships yeah, and not get blown right. out. It's like he was happy. Hey, we only lost by 17, as if that's somehow progress. So maybe after the next 11 years that he's here, that maybe then they can get it down to a field goal and lose to Alabama. That's the maddening thing for me is he said after the game, it was kind of like, hey, we're going to keep doing what we do. And I believe him. And that's yeah. the frustrating thing because he kept saying, we're, you know, we talked about this before the game, Vince. You said you, – you talked about a comment Brian Kelly made in one of the press conferences right before the game, how he, we're going to do what we do. And you were, you're upset about that. And all I said was, I, I'm just going to give him the benefit of the doubt and assume he's just saying that because he doesn't want to give away stuff. But you were right. They literally went into this game on offense thinking they were just going to do what they've done every other game. And it was going to work. It, yeah, and it was going to work. Notre Dame averaged 35 points a game against a schedule – this is a true story – a schedule where they played more teams that ranked between number 90 and 127 in scoring defense. That's five opponents ranked between number 90 and 167. Then they played teams that ranked in the top 42. And they had still only scored 35 points a game, which in that modern era is barely top 25. No, I agree. Yeah. And you can't tell me that Notre Dame has barely top 25 talent on offense. You can say, well, maybe they don't have Alabama to offense, talent on offense. Okay. And they don't have Devontae okay. Smith. Yeah, okay. But I'm sorry. Najee Harris had a great game today. I don't think he was that much better than Kyron Williams. I he he had the one big run. Better. Where, here, nice right. little hurdle. I mean, right. it's athletic. And, and we'll get into that, the defensive aspect a little bit. But I'm sorry. I just get frustrated by these, this constant excuse making that Brian Kelly makes. And then there's a good chunk of the Notre Dame fan base that will make that. And that's why he's able to get away with it. Because there's too many people that are perfectly fine with 10 and 2. And if 10 and 2 is, is the best you can do because you just got beat by better teams, I can live with that. And, and honestly, if Notre Dame would have gone 10 and 2 this year and lost the exact same games they lost, there's a scenario in which I'd have said, you know what? They had a great year. And we talked about that before the show. You go toe to toe and show that you belong on that field with them. Coach well, play well, play hard. You know, then, then that's something I feel like I could, I could deal with that. Well, and I don't have a problem with the play hard part. I think the players played hard the whole they time. Did. I, they I don't did. have, I have no issue with the way that the players played. I have no issue with that whatsoever. I just don't think they were put in a position to be successful in this game. On, on the offensive side mainly, and then we'll, – and we'll talk about yeah, the defense. But I think defense was more of an execution problem. 
Yeah, I think I there were some schematic things that bothered me, but I think it was more of an execution prop. And I that's going to happen when you play a team like Alabama. The, sure. Th- I think people are still thinking that this is the same Alabama defense that Notre Dame faced in 2012, and it's not. It's not. It's not. No. And anyone that studied their film knows this. And there was a comment during the game where Todd McShay said that Brian Kelly told him before the game that we're not going to throw at Patrick Sertan. Why? And, and my question my, – my thing is, like, again, it's coach speak. But then you watch the game, and guess what? They did not throw at Patrick Sertan until it was game was basically over. That's the maddening thing. Like, what does that say to you about your confidence in your players? Exactly. That we're just gonna we're gonna allow them to take away half the field, right? And then you beat that into your quarterback's head. Well, and, and guess that's what? The thing. He's not gonna tackle. Even if behind closed doors, when you're talking to your coaches, you believe that you can't take that to the practice field. Mm-hmm. You can't put that in the game plan. You. You need to exude confidence in your guys that they're better than those right. guys. You right. have to. And that's why I said in our preview podcast, the first thing I'm doing is I'm calling a play for Javon McKinley to Patrick Sertain. Right. And that, that's what I'm doing because I'm going to show that, look, I got faith in my guys. I got faith in my receiver. I got faith in my quarterback. We're going to go with their number one guy, right. and we're going to see what happens. And even if it's incomplete, which it probably would have been, maybe you draw, maybe. May, maybe you draw pass interference. Maybe whatever you're, you're also putting it in the minds of the defense that you're not afraid of their right. best player. You're but saying it's your players too, but to publicly say that you're not even going to go after him and that your players and then you followed up by not doing that. It. And they didn't. And your players right. heard it. It was clearly part of the game plan. I have a huge problem with that. Right. I have a huge problem. With that's that. that's it's somebody look, I'm going to like, we're going to try to keep this. And based on analysis and coaching and so far we've been passionate, but we've been critical from a coaching standpoint. I'm going to say something, however, that, that a fan friend of mine said to me, and he said, I think they played not to get blown out. And I, and I, and like that to me, I think that's absurd. I, I don't think Brian Kelly went into this game. I don't think he thought that way. Right. But, but here's the question that, that, that he asked me on a follow-up. If, if, Okay, but I, I was like, no, I don't think they did that. I, I don't think I think Brian Kelly's too competitive to do that. I think maybe subconsciously that's there, but I don't think that's a conscious thing. But he said to me, "Well, if they were doing that, what would have been different?" <laughs> I didn't have an answer. Well, it, it like it, I don't think they're doing that, but they played in a way that it can be perceived as that. Sure, you know, it's like, well, we're down twenty-one to seven. Let's go on a th- slow, methodical drive. Okay, I get that because twenty-one-seven, you go down the field, you score. It's twenty-one fourteen, you're good. But it's kind of like, but at what point in time are you are you going to try to do something? I mean, you did it on your one scoring drive. I mean, that fifteen-yard, fifteen-play drive was set up by a screen pass that got the guy the ball, and it was just it was one of those things where that's a game plan call to get one of your athletes in space to make a play. Why didn't it we see works. it again? Yeah. You know, I, there, was, there was no creativity with what they did. And then when there were opportunities to make plays, Ian Book just didn't, didn't take advantage. You know, the interception to uh, in the third quarter, you know, he, Michael Mayer's over the top. You got to throw that ball over top. It's either yeah. incomplete or a completion. You, right. you can't underthrow it. You know, yeah, there was a play yeah. earlier on that drive where Ben Skronik's open on a drag route. He's just got to make the throw and get it out there, you know. There were windows. They weren't huge windows, but well, there were it, windows again to they, make plays, and they and just once again they didn't make them. And that's the thing on that on the on the play to Skoranek. They they did the uh, the behind the the quarterback view, you know, after the fact, and ended up being a scramble for like four yards or whatever, which is fine if you don't realize what's happening downfield. And look, it had to have been a good throw 
he would have had to put it over the linebackers in front of the safety, but Ben Skoranek had a step on the guy that was guarding him. And I don't know, I couldn't tell if it was a corner or whatever. And there's all he, that room over the top on the sideline to get that, that ball out. That's exactly right. He could have led him and he could have just run right under it, whatever wide receiver mm-hmm. wants to do. And then he, he probably had one guy to beat at that point. And right. even if he doesn't take it to the house, it's still going to be a 30 yard gain. Right. And that would have been a huge momentum play on that drive. So that softens things up off your run game. Exactly correct. And that's the point. It's like they really thought they were going to just go on a bunch of 15 play drives on Alabama. I mean, that's how they coached. And it just blows my mind that they actually thought they were going to do that. And and either either Brian Kelly has no grasp of how good his team is or isn't or how good his concepts are. It's just like you've got a really good football team. And you did not give them a chance to play to their best today. That right. Now, if you'd have done that and you'd have lost this game, I'd have said, you know what? If you'd have done that against Clemson in the ACC title game and lost the game and then lost this game, I'd have said, you know what? You guys had a heck of a year. You beat a good Clemson team back in November. You beat a pretty good North Carolina team in November as well. And you went toe-to-toe with the two best programs of college football. There's no shame in losing those two no. games away from your home field. None. But it's the fact that you, you walk away from this game and you, you have to say to yourself, if you're being honest and objective, I don't feel like we saw the best of Notre Dame today. And it's not necessarily because of the players. Again, defensively, we'll get into some execution issues. But offensively, Vince, the problem is, once again, this is a coaching staff that, in my opinion, coaches far too conservatively, Yes. far too this is stubbornly, I think is a, is a word you have to use and just does not give their players the opportunities. And, and it's contradictive of dicting to what Brian Kelly's always said. Brian Kelly has always said, I can, I can scheme my way into points on offense. Defensively is where we need the players. And they don't coach offense that way. They don't coach offense to scheme. I felt like Alabama had a great game plan to attack the Notre Dame defense. And here's what hurt Notre Dame in the 2018 Clemson game and in this game is you have opponents that respect your defense. They fear – fear. They know that if they don't do certain things, your defense can hurt sure. them. So they game plan in a way to try to protect themselves but then also to take advantage of, of their opportunities. But you have a Notre Dame offense that doesn't do the same thing. You know, there, there's no sprint draw there to, to try to, to hurt the other team. It's just inside zone, outside zone counter. You know, there's, there's no – they tried that one real delayed quick pitch. Well, when you do that and you let Ian Book take three steps, guess what Alabama's defense is going to do? They're going to start running that direction. You've now slowed him down by three steps. You know, it's just the lack of imagination, the lack of creativity to try to get isolations. Okay, so if Patrick Sertain is a great player and you don't want to throw at him and he's – a boundary player how about you move Javon McKinley around to try to get him in a matchup against somebody else mm-hmm. but instead you decide oh, we're going to let Alabama take away our best player you know because because now I, I got to do the math I'll bet you that that what did Javon McKinley finish with Vince I got the numbers right here he finished with under four catches so he didn't he was, get to five yeah, he had two two catches he was targeted three times and that third time was that terrible throw in the first series that was way behind him he didn't even know it was going to him remember that oh, one yeah, yeah. almost got picked off right yeah, that's the one so in games where Javon McKinley has five or less catches Notre Dame was at 21.8 points per game in four games I'm gonna have to do some math here but I think scoring 14 in this game is gonna probably bring them below <laughs> 20 points per game or right around 20 yeah. points per game uh and and how do I know that and they don't well 
And but, you had you had no wide receiver with more than four catches. And 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 only one in the first half. Right. And that was Karanik on the final drive of the, of the Correct. half. Correct. Correct. That that's you, you can't here here's my issue with with the play calling and, and just the general philosophy of Notre Dame's play calling. And and this is this is a this is a, a football coach's look at this. In 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 my history as a play caller and as an offensive coach, if I've got a stud defense, which Notre Dame does, they mm-hmm. have a very, very good defense, okay? And and regardless of what they did tonight and, and the things that we're gonna talk about, they have a very good defense. Mm-hmm. You can take chances. Mm-hmm. You can take chances because you can put your defense in a hard spot and they're going to come through for you. It's when I didn't have very good defenses on the other side where I had to be a little bit more conservative offensively because I was worried about what would happen when the other team got the football. You had to play more for a field position. Absolutely. But Notre Dame should be taking shots left and right because they have such a good defense. They should right. be more aggressive in their play calling because they have confidence in their defense. Yeah. And, and that's, I think that's what's disappointing to me because I, I, I do believe that Notre Dame is where they need to be defensively overall to win big games. It's just the offense hasn't caught up to them. And they're, the, the, the play calling is not where it needs to be to complement the right. defense that you have. And I'm sort of in between. I'm not quite to the extreme you are for me, Vince. I, I, I think to, there's to a degree you have to play to who you think you are. Right. And, and that's why I say I don't have a problem with Notre Dame wanting to think that we're more of a pro style team. We're big and physical. I, I get all that. Right. Um, I don't necessarily agree with it. I think when you look at what Dabo Sweeney has said about EJ Williams, you know, EJ, he has said, you know, EJ Williams is going to be a, a playoff guy. So they coached all year to try to get EJ Williams ready for this moment. Right. So uh, even some games, maybe he didn't play that well against teams that they knew they had far superior players. It was to get him ready for these moments. Well, guess what EJ Williams, a freshman wide receiver, did against Notre Dame? He stepped up and made plays. We'll see what he can do tonight against Ohio State. The fact that Notre Dame just kind of decided in the first game, okay, this is who we are, and we're just going to ride it out for the rest of the year is incredibly maddening. And and just in a waste of talent. And Absolutely. again, there's a, there's a degree of this is who we are. You have the best offensive line in the country. You have good running backs. You need to build around that. You have great tight ends. You need to build around that. But th- to then go to such the extreme that we're just going to be this methodical, uh, stale offense, even when we know that the other team has just as – I mean, the other team had a cornerback that you were so afraid of you didn't even want to throw at them, You're, but you still kept running your stuff. You didn't do anything to move your best receiver. You know what, right. you know what, you know what Bama did? They did a great job, and Saban talked about this after the game, of how they had to move Devontae Smith around to try to get him some matchups they like. Imagine that. Yeah, he said it at halftime, too. He's yeah. like, this is, what, this is what we move him around all the time. He's right. not even an offensive coach. Right. He knows that that's what they're doing. Well, because great defensive coaches know offense, yeah. and great offensive coaches know defense, and, and that's why Nick Saban is, is, is a legend and one of the greatest coaches ever. But that's the frustrating thing. You couldn't do that with Javon. You didn't know that Patrick Sertain was really good. So you didn't think about like, okay, well, if they're going to have him on Javon McKinley a lot of the game, then what can we do to try to get Javon going? Right. That's called good coaching as opposed to Notre Dame's like, well, we're just going to run our concepts and, and mm. everything else be damned. And that's poor coaching. So what, what I'm trying to say is, is this is something that I have been complaining about all season, even after wins. And what you all saw tonight was exactly why I complained about it after wins. And people get mad. Well, they beat Georgia Tech 31 to 13, or they, they beat this team, they beat that team. And I'm like, you're not at, at Notre Dame, you are not held to a standard of whether or not you beat Duke 
South Florida, a Florida State team with a losing record, a Louisville team with a losing record, a 6-5 and five Pitt team, a losing record Georgia Tech team, a losing record Syracuse team, a 6-5 and five Boston College team, or North Carolina. That is not the standard by which you are right. judged. Right. You are judged by what you do against the best teams. That's Northwestern, right? I guess. Exactly. If you want you know? to be Wisconsin, go to Wisconsin. Yeah. This is Notre Dame. And the fact that Brian Kelly recruits and, and, and at a way that I think he could be going toe-to-toe with some of the better programs, but that he plays and coaches at a level that it's like, we just want to make sure we beat the teams that we're supposed to beat. I, you know, how, prove me wrong. I mean, because yeah. that's what they do. And the only time that we ever saw an exception to that was when they played a wounded Clemson team. They were aggressive that game. And so I got to ask myself, is it because they knew Clemson was wounded? Yeah, and they, they figured, well, well, hey, this is you a know? game we can take advantage right. of. Right, and guess you know? what? In that game, Notre Dame took advantage of guys for Clemson that were there in the second game as well. Correct. They, they, uh, they, Javon McKinley wasn't beating their corners down the field because Tyler Davis didn't play. Right. It's because they were aggressive with their game plan. And that's the frustrating thing, Vince, is it's almost as if, like, you know, and then you listen to Brian Kelly after the game, and, and I'll have some articles up with Brian Kelly's comments, but it's it's like he wants us to just say, you know, thank you, coach, for you oh, know, he does. making he sure that we're not losing, that. you know, where we're not watching you lose to Tulsa and Pitt in Northwestern. Yeah, anymore. he said that. You know He's what like, I mean? thank you for – yeah. Right. And, and oh, to my hammer, gosh. Look, I'm sorry. I I have a great deal of respect for the local media because – they draw a they because of the the nature of a lot of those outlets like the South Bend Tribune and some of those other sites they're in a very tricky situation and that sure. they need that relationship with Notre Dame absolutely we have chosen a different path because we're a new site and just we have a different model that we can kind of be more reliant on our analysis of what's happening and so they're in this picky situ, tricky situation because they can't hammer him the way that you see Alabama media hammer Alabama. Nick Saban gets asked harder questions on a regular than, than Brian Kelly does. And, and I have a great deal of respect for what the Notre Dame media does in that, you know, they, they try to find that really fine line between asking the tough questions, but in a way that's not going to piss Brian Kelly off. Sure. Because he's, he gets real sensitive when you ask him tough questions. Uh, he's always kind of been that way. And, and the fact of the matter is, I think they do a pretty good job with that, you know, and, and, and to where they get what they need to get out of it. And, yeah. and Brian Kelly, to me, doesn't get really challenged by any of it. I, I stopped asking him tough questions because I knew he wasn't going to answer me. And, yeah. and if he was, he was going to give me some kind of spin. And, you know, and for him to go off on the media like that, the way that he did tonight, like I wish the local media would be more appreciative. Be appreciative of what? Our job is to not appreciate you. Our job is not to congratulate it's you to for cover a you. great yeah. season. Our job is to is to cover the program. Right. When things are good, you're going to get praised. When you go out and embarrass yourself on a national stage, and he, he, he had the audacity to say, I don't know why this keeps getting brought up. It keeps getting brought up because you keep getting your butt kicked on a big stage. Right. You know, oh, well, nobody says this about Alabama because Alabama didn't lose to Miami 41-8. to Alabama didn't lose to Michigan 45 to 14 when a playoff berth was still there. Alabama didn't piss away an opportunity to beat Georgia on the road when the defense gave the offensive ball with two minutes left at midfield. You know, the, the Alabama doesn't choke a game away against, you know, barely beat a 
three and nine Boston College team and a four and eight Wake Forest team to drop out of the top four and then go down and lose to Stanford in a game where you scored a touchdown to go up with 30 seconds left. Alabama doesn't lose those games. They don't get embarrassed by Ohio State in the Fiesta Bowl. You know what I mean? They don't get blown out by another team 42 to 14. So when it happens once, you accept it because you can say he's got five rings to make up for it. Sure. You know what I mean? You don't have that 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 stash of, of credibility and, and say, hey, well, you know what? So I'm supposed to say, well, it's okay that you get your butt kicked by Alabama all the time. And it's okay that you get your butt kicked anytime Clemson has even a remotely decent roster because, you know what, you did a really good job of beating, you know, Pitt and Boston College and Syracuse and Georgia Tech. Right. That's not what, you know, and, and, and it's not our job to congratulate you for that. Our job is to praise you when you do good things. When they played a great game against Boston College, we, we were in a podcast, we were great, great game plan, good job here, good job sure. here. We'll praise you for it. When you go out there and get embarrassed on a stage like this where, you're, where it's clearly from a coaching standpoint, you're not giving your players a chance to be competitive, what do you want us to say? Great job, coach. Wonderful job. We're not fans. Right. There's reporters on this beat. There's analysts on this beat, and we all have a job to do. And our job is not to – pump up and lift up Brian Kelly in the Notre Dame football program is to cover it honestly and objectively and different reporters and different analysts can watch the same game and come to different conclusions. And sure. that's one of the things I love about it. And depending on what you as a fan want, if you want someone that's always positive, there's people out there for you. If you want people that are always negative, there's somebody out there for you. If you like people that are going to call balls and strikes as they see it, we're here. And there are others like us that will do it. You know, and so that's what's great about being a Notre Dame fan is you can kind of pick which kind, you know, which yeah, because there is that much want. out there. Yeah, right. And so, you know, so so for him to kind of act like that, like, hey, how about you focus on the fact that your team just got embarrassed again? It was 31 to 7 when Alabama stopped playing. You, you know what I mean? Like, that's sure. not my fault. I'm not the one that didn't have my quarterback ready to take big shots. I'm not the one that made the decisions to put my team in a situation where we're going to waste an offensive line. Uh, performance you know I'm not the one that said hey let's not throw to our wide receivers I'm not the one that did those things you are that's your responsibility and for him to conduct himself after the game like that it, it was embarrassing in my opinion and 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 it's things like that 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 really make it hard sometimes to then go praise Brian Kelly for the good things that he does it's because like well that temper tantrum is is going to kind of you know, if I now go out and say, hey, you know what, 10 and 2 was still pretty good. Now it looks like I was bullied into yeah, sure. Brian Kelly. Sure. You know what I mean? And so. Because we're, we're going to hear, we're going to hear the narrative of what is it, four or five years in a row now, 10 win plus seasons. Right. And that's all well and good, but it, it's the two losses and the manner in which they happen. That's right. the problem. And right. Um, are you ready to move on to some defense? Let's talk, well, let's I, talk I wanna, some defense. Yeah, because I, I want to just finish this one point. So you okay. say like Notre Dame the last two years is 21 and four, right? Yes. 21 and four. Yeah, that sounds right. Yep. In that time, they are three and four against teams that are going to finish the season ranked. That's not Notre Dame. That shouldn't be right. Notre Dame's ball. One of those wins was over Navy. True. One of those wins was over North Carolina. And the other win was over a Clemson team that didn't have their starting quarterback, their three best defensive players, right? Of the four losses, you lost by 31 on the road to Michigan. You lost by 24 in the ACC title game, and you just lost by a not very close 17 to Alabama. 
this is Notre Dame. If you if you were at Northwestern or Wisconsin and you went twenty one and four with that resume, that's ticker tape parade, baby. Yeah, great job. Yeah, this is Notre Dame, right? This is why you get paid the big bucks, you know. And if you don't like it, I mean, there's other places that are going to give you pay raises for. Well, actually, Notre Dame will give them a pay raise for twenty one and four with that resume. Uh, but uh, you know, there's there's other media and other fan bases that will look at that and say, great job. And and the frustrating thing for me is I feel bad for Notre Dame fans because a lot of the ones that are that are coming with the spin of, well, if this, this, this will happen. I, I honestly think they're at the point, Vince, where it was so bad for so long that they're willing to be, be okay with 10 and two as long as they're not, you know, losing to the bad teams. Yeah. Because, and, and, and then when Brian Kelly kind of does what he does, he feeds that. And, and so that, that's the frustrating thing for me is because I don't know if Notre Dame would have been able to beat Alabama offensively and score enough offensively to win this game if they would have put their best foot forward from a coaching staff standpoint. Sure. I don't, but we won't know. We won't ever know because they didn't. And that's a frustrating thing. And, and, you know, the line did what they needed to do. I thought the players played hard. I thought Ian book played hard. He didn't play well, but he played hard. Um, But he wasn't put in position a lot of the times to be as successful as I think he could have been. Sure. And, and to me, that's what's so frustrating is you didn't leave it all out there as a coaching staff. Your players did, but you yeah, didn't. I agree. And that's the frustrating thing for me. So, and I know that we'll move on to defense, but before we do, Vince, I know that we have another uh, ad that we need to uh, give some love to one of our sponsors, and that is Indeed. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical, and Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site. And that's according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. And unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria. You can contact them the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. According to Comscore, 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. are visiting Indeed each month. So it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st, terms and conditions do apply. Okay, welcome back. So uh, Notre Dame gave up 31 points, and we said going in, if they could keep Alabama in the 30s, that that would be great. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit of a a misnomer. It's a little misleading. Now, 31 points is great, uh, but Alabama took their foot off the gas. There's no question about it. Now, those first three drives for Alabama were backbreakers uh, for mm-hmm. Notre Dame defensively. And so what did you see in, in those first three drives from Notre Dame's defense and then the adjustments that Clark Lee made moving forward after that? 
Well, it was a lot like the North Carolina game. I thought part of it was just getting used to the speed of what Alabama was bringing to the table. And, and how that manifests itself is really twofold. Uh, number one is you get beat to the perimeter on, on plays where you think you have an angle. And then number two is, is you, you'll miss tackles because you over-pursue. So one is it's kind of the, the similar, similar result but comes from two different things. One is, you know, thinking I got an angle, but then the guy outruns you, like what Devontae Smith did to Clarence Lewis. Uh, and then Kyle Hamilton taking a poor angle to the ball. There were several times where they took poor angles to the ball that just allowed Alabama to turn a four-yard gain into a 30-yard gain or a 20-yard gain or 15-yard right, gain. Right. One of the things we talked about is you cannot – you have to tackle well. You cannot allow them to, to – you have to make them earn all their yards. And, and Alabama didn't really earn all their yards. I mean, you look at the play where, where Najee Harris, for example, ran for 53 yards – I mean, at the snap, Jason Adamiola blows the guard up and just drives him into the running back. And then, then the Drew White doesn't get over the top. I thought he kind of got held a little bit, but he's got to do a better job of getting over the top to make that play. And then Nick McLeod completely whiffs in space. And you say, well, he hurdled him. Well, he hurdled him because he tried to go for a hit instead of wrapping him up and tackling him. So you've got this great play from one of your defensive tackles. Your defensive end did a really good job setting the edge, and it gets wasted because of just poor angles and missed tackles. Yeah. And that was the story of a lot of it. And then the other part of it is I thought from a coaching standpoint, I felt like they were giving up the inside way too much in, in situations. It's wide so open. Alabama runs RPOs. We know this. And, and pretty effective. Very, it's amazing how all these good teams that run RPOs are able to utilize them, especially Dripping teams that can sarcasm. run the ball, you know. Dripping with sarcasm. Uh, so there was the play. I think it was the 34-yard touchdown to Devontae Smith. I think that was their third touchdown, Vince. It was just a slant route. Right. Yeah, it's and all it's it was. Devontae Smith against Nick McLeod on a slant route with no inside help. Well, if you don't have any inside help on a, on, on when you're in the slot, because, you know, they, they were in you – know, it was an RPO, so the linebacker stepped into the hole and they threw right behind him. You, you can't give away the inside. Right. Now, perhaps – again, we don't know the call. So, perhaps it was a misalignment by Nick McLeod. But we saw that a lot. We saw the linebackers getting beat inside. They were giving away the inside quite a bit. And that's kind of confusing to me because when you watch Alabama play, because Mac Jones doesn't have a great arm, he doesn't push the ball outside the numbers on out cuts and deep outs and corners a whole lot. He really he wants doesn't. those RPOs. That, that's, yeah. that's in his game. He'll take the outside shots if it's over the top, a corner route, an outside go route. But he doesn't like to throw the deep out cuts a whole lot because he doesn't have that kind of he arm. He doesn't have the arm strength. And we talked about right. that because from an arm talent standpoint, Ian Book is better than Mac Jones. He Not doesn't want to, but yeah, he, but he is. He's right. got a stronger arm. And I had a, right. I had an argument with a guy on Twitter today when he said that that Ian Book can't throw the deep ball. No, he mm -hmm. can throw the deep ball. He just doesn't. There, mm -hmm. there, there's a big difference because we've mm -hmm. seen him do it. He just won't. And right. there, there's a big difference in ability and then doing it. And, and I just wanted to throw that in there. So no, you're right. You're right. I appreciate you adding that. I just so for me schematically though. When you have that as your reality, I think you should be doing what Alabama does with their coverages, which is they're going to basically bracket the inside, take that away, and try to force you to beat them outside the further, harder throws. And I felt like Notre Dame, from a, a coverage structure standpoint, number one, they really weren't mixing up their coverages to the way that I thought they, they were going to. We didn't see as much coverage diversity, in my opinion. There were really not many times where Mac Jones was unsure of what, was gonna, what he was going to see. When he saw something, he was effective. 
part of that was because Notre Dame didn't do a very good job on first and second down. So Alabama wasn't in a bunch sure. of down situations. And the third downs they were in a lot of times were third medium, third and short. I mean, he, right. I think he converted two third downs on quarterback sneaks. Um, you know, he, 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 another time where he ran, and it's like this is a guy that had minus nine yards rushing on the season, and he ran for 18 yards in this game because you didn't have contain yeah, because, yeah. you know, just different things that you did. So the execution was poor, but I was really puzzled by how easily they were giving away the insides to a quarterback in an offense that when you watch film, that's where they want to be. That's their bread and butter. Go look at the numbers from pro football focus, watch the film, whatever you want, however you analyze this, those are the throws they want to make, make him beat you on a deep comeback. Cause what were some of the stops yeah. they made? They had a third down stop on a third and third and medium to long where they forced the ball outside. He threw a comeback route and it was incomplete. Right. Yep. And I thought they made some decent adjustments to that in the second half, but you got to stop waiting until the second half to make those adjustments. You knew that was what they were going to yeah. do coming in. And, you know, but look, 21 to seven, you know, offense had a chance late to make it 21 10, 21 14, maybe. You know, you, you say, boy, it'd have been nice to have another timeout, like, you know, maybe the one that you wasted at the goal line when you had two receivers lined up on one Alabama player and you had to call timeout because the call got in so late. You remember what's what I'm talking about? So they go to that bo- they go to that boom shift. That's basically is when you kind of line up everybody inside, and then at the snap and you just have all everybody outside. And Alabama's had a corner out there, and he's pointing inside like trying to get help, and there's nobody yeah. listening. There's two Notre Dame players on one guy, but Notre Dame has to call timeout because they 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 weren't going to get the snap off. Well, that timeout would have been turned in, you know, would have been really helpful late in the half when you know you could have needed one more play to maybe get in field goal territory. So um, just things like coaching mistakes like that were just really frustrating, Vince. And, and, and we saw that kind of a few times where Notre Dame was kind of rushing to get a playoff. You can't be rushing to get plays off against Alabama. I'm not saying you've got to go, you know, up-tempo, but you, but you can't sure. have that happening. Right. And, and you, needed the, I mean, you needed that timeout. But, look, defense came out and got a stop, gave the offense a chance. And what did we see on that series? We saw wasted opportunities again. And, and then you saw a turnover. And it just was one of those things where, yeah, the defense didn't play great. They didn't. But they kept you within striking distance, and you had two possessions. Imagine if Notre Dame manages the clock better in the first half, doesn't have to call one of those timeouts. They're able to get another seven or eight yards, and Jonathan Doerr doesn't feel like he has to give every, put everything into a kick, and he misses it again. Right. And now that's the sixth straight game, by the way, that John Doerr has missed a field goal. But let's say you give him a more manageable situation, and he makes that. It's 21-10. Going to the second half, defense makes a stop. You get the ball back. You score. You hit a couple. You hit one or two of those plays that were there. They right. were, Michael Mayer had climbed over top. You throw it over the top, and you have a play. And I, I think that was the same series where Ben Skoranek was open, correct? Right. I think it was the same series. I have to yep. go back and watch it again. I'm pretty sure it was. But, again, it is right. starting to run together a little bit. But uh, my, my point is, you know, now it's 21-17. Now that spin up, what if, what if, what if, what if, is kind of there because now it's a four-point game in the third quarter, and that's all you wanted. But here's the thing. They didn't make those plays. They haven't made those plays against good teams Correct. throughout Brian Kelly's tenure on and offense. And you can call that's it a narrative. 
you can call it a narrative if you want to, but those right. are the facts. Right. Like they, they haven't made those plays in the yeah. big time situations. And that's yeah. the problem. It's not a narrative. Yeah. It's the problem. Now right I think Vince defensively, if Notre Dame would have done a better job scoring offensively, Bama probably puts another one on the board. You're probably maybe right. another one in a field goal to get them to 38 to 41. But we said before the game, that's kind of the range. That's where that you want to be. You're still in the green area right. for where you can be successful right. in this game because they score 50 right. against everybody else. Right. You hold them to the high thirties. You still have a, a, a puncher's chance. Right. In game. My, my issue going into this game all along was that I didn't think the offense could counter. I, mm-hmm. I just didn't think that they could. And they didn't. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, Nick Saban took the, his foot off the gas. Right. And, and it's not – and, and let's explain what, he, what, what we mean by take the foot off the gas. There comes a point in time in a game – we saw this with Clemson in 2018. Uh, we saw this a little bit with Clemson in the second half of the ACC title game where you know that other team can't score enough on us to come back and win. They just, they're right. not very good on offense. We're kind of controlling the tempo. So we're not going to take a chance of, you know, maybe running the reverse that we ran earlier or a Turning deep the ball drop over. playback yeah. where their pass rush gets to our quarterback and knocks the ball loose. We're not going to give Jeremiah Wusu a chance to go make a game-changing play, and now all of a sudden it's a ball game again. Right. So let, let's we're going to go quick game. We're going to go screens. We're going to run the ball. You know, you even may have st- your starters in, but we're not going to give them a chance to go make a, a play. Uh, and and you, you use up more clock. Now, you may not score, but you've taken four or five minutes off the clock, and now all of a sudden Notre Dame definitely can't come back now. And, and that's what we saw from, from this game. And when you look at it and say, yeah, they, they did that, but Alabama also, I think, had their second or third lowest yards total of the season. They had their lowest point total of the season. And even if you punch another one in, that ties for the lowest total of the season sure. against Missouri in the opener when they pulled their starters in the third quarter, by the way. So um, that now, was the Alabama thing is, never pulled their starters, by the way. They, no, they not, not really. In. I mean, I think they took Najee Harris out because he got a little banged up. But, I mean, they didn't pull their starters. They just – they weren't taking the shots and they weren't doing some of the tempo things that they were doing earlier. And so that's what we mean by t- putting off the gas. That doesn't mean that they pull their starters or just, you know, did what Notre Dame does when they get a lead, which is just put your backups in and let them hand the ball off right up the middle every time. That, that's a different story. But when you look at this game, however, there were stops that were made when Alabama was still trying to score. They made two, three stops out of four possessions when Alabama was still trying to score. Correct. Twice was a punt. Once was holding them to a field goal. When it was 28-7, I think it was early fourth quarter, Bama's still trying to put the game away then. You held them to a field goal. Bama wanted to go down and score a touchdown yes, on that drive, absolutely. but you held them to a field goal. So in, in a, in a five-series five stretch of that game where it was still in doubt, you had two – four. You had two punts, a field goal, and a touchdown. That's kind of where you need to be to try to beat Bama. And it was when the game was still in doubt. So, yes, the start to the defense was poor. I thought there were some question marks uh, schematically. Uh, I thought the execution was poor. And I thought Bama did a great job from a coaching standpoint of saying, here's our dudes. Let's get them isolated. Let's get John Mechie isolated against a linebacker. Mm-hmm. I like that matchup. Uh, let's get Devontae Smith on third down against Sean Crawford. I like that matchup. Uh, I thought they did a great job. They, they were coached very well. They won more battles than the Notre Dame defense won. But I felt like the Notre Dame defense won enough battles. To keep them in the game. Especially like late – because, again, when it was 21-7, late in the first half, Bama was trying to score. 
They were. They were trying to put that game away. Notre Dame stopped them, forced a punt. They, okay? Come out second half. It's 21-7. to That's still a game if Bama doesn't score. They were trying to score. Notre Dame stopped them, forced a punt. That's, that's all you can ask for. Sure. And the Notre Dame offense, unfortunately, just never answered and, and never threatened and, and, and really didn't until the game was over. I mean, they scored, they scored late to kind of put it in. And, and then they got the onside kick, and I was like, they're going to score here and make it 31-21, <laughs> and everyone's going to act like, oh, it's a 10-point game, you know. It was right. kind of like, yeah, and, and then Notre Dame was only eight points better than Georgia Tech in 2018 when they got back-to-back right. back onside kicks and scored touchdowns, right? Right. You know, and, and it felt like that game. It felt like the 2015 Pitt game. Remember that? Notre Dame was up like 42 to 14, and Pitt had like a fumble return against the Notre Dame second string offense. And, you know what I mean? Made it 42 to 30 when it was never that close. Right. That's how this game was. Sure. No, I got it. And, uh, and that was a frustrating thing because, again, I felt like the defense did enough to where you at least could have had a puncher's chance. And look, the defense puts you in a bad spot by giving up scores offensively. But offensively, you didn't counter. Well, correct. It wasn't like the North Carolina game where the defense gave up those two touchdown drives, but the offense answered. It was right. 14, 14, instead right. of 14, nothing. Right. Notre you Dame know. had two possessions down two touchdowns that they could have cut into that lead. The defense gave them two straight possessions that they could have cut into that lead and they failed to score both times. Once you miss a field goal, once you turn the ball over, sure. that's not on the defense. Right. Um, you know, so you felt like this after the poor start, you felt like the defense kind of settled in, made some plays, and then kept you in the game. And then Bama kind of allowed right. them to stay in the game even more by taking their foot off the gas. So, um, it, 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 and it was, it was fresh, but you have to also tip your cap to, cap to Alabama because they basically they, they completely eliminated their vertical passing game for they didn't even take chances throwing the ball downfield against Notre Dame. It looked like they tried like, a couple times. I don't know if it was covered. I don't, I don't know why. It was covered, they, and they got pressures. Yeah, yeah it was covered. Right. And then the downfield coverage was good, but they didn't take they, – they, I think I can only right. think of like maybe twice, two or three times at the most that they called something where there was a shot, and Notre Dame took it away. Yeah. And part of that was because when they took one shot early, Kyle Hamilton almost picked it off. Yeah, right. Uh, and, 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 I, and that was that – was, that was just indicative of the range that he yeah. has back there when he plays center field. Because right. if he was a tick earlier, he's intercepting that ball. I mean, that yeah. that was that was a great defensive play. Yeah. And I think that was one of the things like, okay, we're not going to try that very right. much. Right. Uh, you know, and they didn't need to. And, and so, so I, again, Bama saw something on film that said, if we try to take a bunch of downfield shots, they got this six four athletic second team All American first right. team by by one organization that that could maybe turn the ball over. And they got a really good pass rush. So we can hold on to the ball problems. too long. Yeah. The, I think it was the first possession of the third quarter. It was either the first or second stop of, this, of, of the second half. I can't remember which one, but it's the one where Jason Adamalola batted that pass down. Right. That was a third and longer. And so they had to, they had to have more vertically oriented routes. And guess what happened? Notre Dame pass pressure. rush just got right into the back. Right. right. It was one of the few times. And that was where the defense failed. The, the failure of the, the biggest failure of the defense beyond like schematically was like more bigger picture was they weren't very good on first and second down because of the quick throws. The, the, the Bama was not great running the ball. I think they finished with 140 yards, but again, you know, Najee had 122, 53 of that came on one run, but they were able to run enough to where they could get some three, four yard gains on first down. And then, you know, there were several times where Bama got, was third and one third and two 
And, you know, and, but they were able to convert and they went six of 10 on third down. I mean, the few times that you, that you made stops, it was because you had them in third and long. Sure. So those, that was where the defense came up short, was just not being good enough on early downs. But again, part of that was the Alabama offensive staff saw early on that we're not going to be on – we're not going to – look, we're not going to do a whole lot of first downs where we're going to take a deep drop and have a chance of getting a sack. We're just not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, the one time they tried to run a reverse on second – was it second down they did it? And – Notre Dame was all over it. Yeah, right. Blew it up. Six yard loss, I think. Right. Yeah, something like that. So they were just kind of like, "Yeah, we're not, we're not doing that anymore." Because <laughs> now you're playing into Notre Dame's hands. That Correct. speed that Notre Dame has at safety and you know, and at linebacker. And um, I thought it was a good game plan. I thought it was yep. executed well. I thought they forced Notre Dame to make stops. Vince. Notre Dame had to had to make plays to get Alabama off the field, and they were able to do that um, enough times where. Yeah, the Notre Dame offense or defense had its moments where it didn't play well, but it also had more moments where it did play well, far right. more than what we saw on the other side of the ball. I agree. And and they were matched up against the better unit. That's the other thing. Yeah. They no, were going against the best offense in the correct. country. The defense was often the Notre Dame offense was not going against the best defense in the No, country. by far. They were going not. against the best defense they've played this season. That was right. a healthy Clemson defense, you know, a week and a half ago. So um, that that made it frustrating. So I know we so, got another we got another one we got to get to. I was gonna say yeah. Let's take let's take a quick break here, real quick, uh, to hear from our final sponsor, and uh, that is Bet Online. The NBA is back in action, and football is heading into the playoffs. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word, BetOnline your online sports book experts. Okay, Brian. So we talked offense. We've talked defense. Let's get some final thoughts in here and uh, we'll kind of kick it into the off season at this point. And uh, there's going to, this team is not going to look, uh, this team is going to look a lot different uh, when we see them line up uh, down in Tallahassee against Florida state on, uh, I think it's September 5th. Uh, mm-hmm. So already looking at that, but this team's going to look a lot different. And they're going to be losing a lot on the field. Uh, obviously, they're going to be losing at least one guy off the field in mm-hmm. Clark Lee, who's headed over to Vanderbilt. So there's going to be a ton to talk about this offseason. Sure. So everybody needs to stay locked in. But I, I want to let's just get some parting thoughts here on this game. And, and, and I'll, I'll kind of kick it off here. I guess this game went about how I figured it would go. I I figured there would be opportunities for this offense to be successful and they wouldn't be able to capitalize on it. That's what happened. Uh, I'm a little, a little disappointed in the way the defense played up front, Mm -hmm. Uh, not up front in the 
formation, but in front of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, the, letting them have touchdowns on the first three drives was disheartening. There's no question. I was, I was hoping they'd put up a little bit more of a fight. Um, and, they looked and, well, unathletic on defense. They did. They're not it, unathletic. And it was disappointing. It was yeah. very disappointing because I think now that you've got this national audience watching, you're going to hear the same narrative about how Notre Dame isn't as fast. They're not as athletic, blah, 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 blah. We've heard that a million times. That part's not true. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's everything else we talked about. And so that part of it is disappointing to me. I, I was hoping for a better showing from the defense early. They, they settled down and they did a better job later on. Um, offensively, I almost feel like they've got to go back to the drawing board offensively. Uh, it's not the personnel. They've got the personnel to be effective. Part of the problem is some of that personnel is on the sideline. Some of that personnel isn't getting in the game enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then part of that is, is the quarterback. But again, you made the case, and I'll echo it. You have to know who you have. Mm-hmm. We know who Ian Book is. It's been 35 starts. There, nothing he did today surprised me, mm-hmm. in, a, in a negative way or in a positive way. Nothing. You have to know who you have, and therefore you have to know how to use him in your offense. He is exceptional in the RPO game. We didn't see any of that, mm-hmm. and that's disappointing to me. That's a coaching fail, okay? Um, and, and so – well, he I should guess. be exceptional in the RPO game is what I would say. I, I, Fair you know, enough. We, we don't his know. His skill set. His skill set is perfectly – I think this is, – is this what you're saying, Vince? He is built for the RPO game. Correct. Is that more what – okay. Yeah, Not absolutely. necessarily that he's been great at it, but he's built for it. Okay. He was, he, was, he was good at it in 2018 when he took over. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's where he excelled, right? So, uh, I guess that's my disappointment. We haven't seen it all this year, so I wasn't expecting mm-hmm. to see it this year. Right. I mean, in this game, obviously. So – uh, the offense did what I thought they would do. I think they had more opportunities than I even anticipated that they would have, uh, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, and, and I think that part is a little bit disappointing. And, and frankly, I'm disappointed in, in Brian Kelly uh, in, in his post-game remarks. Uh, yeah. th- that bothers me in a lot of ways. Um, you know, we'll see what happens in the offseason. He, he's got a chance to you know, take this defense to the next level with, with mm-hmm. this particular defensive coordinator hire. Uh, so I, I'm not confident that that's going to take place, but he's got an opportunity to do that. Um, and, and we'll see if there's any more defections or, or, or changes. And I think there the will staff. be. I've been saying that for a while. I think there will be more defections. Uh, there will be changes. And I think change is good. I think I don't oh, think you necessarily want to have. I mean, the worst season Notre Dame ever had under Brian Kelly was the one year. I don't think they had a single change in the staff. And that was from 2015 to 2016. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and again, this team's going to look a lot different. Right. And they're going to need to be coached up. Right. You, can't, you can't bring in four new offensive linemen uh, and not coach them up and, and right. expect them to be where you need them to be. You can't start either a true freshman quarterback or a true sophomore quarterback uh, next year and expect them to be good without getting coached up. You yeah. have to help them. Well, my fear, Vince, is that they're going to go and get a, a, transfer a mediocre portal. grad transfer, you know, like a Jack Cone, and basically just get a guy that you know manages the game again instead of developing your young guys. <sighs> That's what, I think lumps, is, man. that's what I think he's going to do. Look, here's, um, here's the thing. I, and, I, and I know this isn't what this podcast is supposed to be about, but if you're going to have four we new – we have a podcast about that this week. Of course we will. If you're going to have four new, all-star, new offensive starters uh, on the offensive line, take your lumps with a true freshman if you right. think he's the best guy that you have. Right. Take your lumps with him or because you're not going to win a national title. Two pretty talented quarterbacks you thought were good enough for scholarships and let them right. develop and then work Tyler in. Tyler Buckner's who you're talking yeah. about and work right. Tyler in. And if – He's better than Drew Pine as the season goes on, or Brendan Clark. Then, then eventually give him the job, and you let him you let him go play. But you know, for me, Vince, when I look at this game, I was um, 
I was happy to see the offensive line play. Quinn. Me too. And and kudos to Jeff Quinn and, and Chris Watt for getting that unit ready to play. They left hard it all out fast. there, man. They, they did. did. They did. Robert Hainsey, Liam Eikenberg, Aaron Banks. Uh, you know, I I don't know what he's going to do. If I had to predict, I'd predict he goes pro as well. Tommy Kramer. Um, those and kids the, left it all out there. And, and no it, one has been a better, a bigger critic against Jeff Quinn than you have. And, and that's it, why I purposely said it, his name and not just the players. Absolutely correct. You have to give credit where credit's yeah. due, and this offensive line played very, yeah. very well. They did. The offensive line is not the reason. And that's been one of the narratives in these big games. You think of the two Georgia games. You think of the Alabama game in 2012. You, you know, there's been time the, the Clemson game two weeks ago, the offensive line didn't play well. They bounced back, and they played, yeah. they played very well. Um, they seemed prepared for the most part. There was some there was some stuff Bama threw at them in the second half when Notre Dame became kind of pass happy that allowed some stuff to get through. But um, I thought they played hard. They bounced back. They showed great leadership from a player standpoint. I thought that they looked prepared, which is what you want the coaches to do. Um, I thought they played with the right attitude that you needed. They played with the mentality that they needed to do. They did Absolutely. what they needed to do to be successful. And I thought Kyron Williams did the same thing. I thought Chris Tyree made his chances when he got in there. Um, I don't question anybody's heart. And, and I'll tell you, when Ian Book went down, I was like, I hope that's not the end for that kid. Because he didn't he, – as critical as, I, as I've been about Ian Book, I will never question that kid's heart, never. his toughness, never. his character as a human being. I did not want to see him go out with an injury. So I was very happy when he went back in. And, and he battled. I mean, in typical Ian Book fashion – he All missed opportunities end. late in the game to get another score on the board, but he battled. Yeah. And, and, and I'll always respect that about Ian Book. Um, you know, I, I feel like a lot of his issues are more about the coaching than they are about Ian Book. Sure. Um, now, there are – and what I mean by that is they just – an unwillingness to accept him for who he is. And um, that, was, uh, that was a coaching issue. But the kid was a warrior. He was a battler. Uh, and, and he's someone that you ask a, a single one of his teammates, and I don't, I've never heard anyone say anything bad about Ian Book. Or other, he's very well-liked. I mean, not every kid thinks he's the world's greatest quarterback, but you're always going to have that. There's probably kids sure. at, at Clemson that think DJ should be playing over Trevor Lawrence. That's why you don't let players make decisions. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I, it was just frustrating, Vince, big picture-wise, because – you know, again, if, if you'd have got beat 31-14 and you played your butts off and, and you coached your butts off and they were just better, you know, I'd have felt like you could have you could have said, you know what, yeah, the talent gap is wider than I thought. But I, I still don't think that. I think it is at certain positions. Notre Dame has to recruit better at certain positions. And, and you know, you made a comment earlier about it's not a talent issue on offense. It, it's not to a degree. It's not a talent on, issue on offense. The, the offense can could should have been better. But that doesn't mean that you can't recruit better, and that's not what you were saying. I'm saying but that doesn't mean you still don't try to recruit better. Uh, you know, you've got to figure out ways to get better play at quarterback. You've got to get ways to, to have a more diverse receiving core. But, but the players are there. It's just about, you know, like you said, utilizing them. Right. And, you know, the fact that you didn't do what you needed to do to coach jo Jordan Johnson up. And if he had attitude problems, that's part of coaching. That's part of development. It's, hey – you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna ride you every single day. I've had to do that. I've had Vince. I've you know when I've coached. I know you've done this. I know other D1 coaches have done this. They've had guys who are like they had a GA around that kid every day to make sure he went to class. Like that. that sure. just Because that's what you do. That and the fact that that Notre Dame doesn't want to do that. I mean, I don't want to get too deep into what I know to be different from Notre Dame. How they how their coaches interact with players and how 
other teams do. The fact is, is you recruited the kid, you invest in him. You know, the, the fact that, you know, you, you don't, Lawrence Keyes is just a non-factor. Uh, Braden Lindsay's a non-factor. I get that one because of injuries, but okay. He so he came hurt. in at the end of the game. Right. He obviously but, wasn't hurt. To but me, he's but hurt. So, whatever. so, okay. So why, where's Jordan Johnson? Where's Xavier Watts? Where's Joe Wilkins? So is it like he makes that drop against Syracuse and so now you're not going to play him anymore? I mean, it's like, that's what it looks like to me. Maybe he's hurt and we don't know about it. I don't know. You know, um, you didn't really utilize Tommy Trumbull in the pass game before he got hurt. It, it just, there are so many things where you say you don't know how good Notre Dame can be because you don't feel like as a coach, I don't feel like they are using the talent the way that they did. And look, with all due respect, I'm, I'm being consistent because I've been saying this all year. I wrote about it before the game. I said, look, and, and the, what to look for. I said, what to look, my number one, what to look for was Notre Dame not doing what they do. That was my number one. And that was my big, cause that was my biggest fear. And what I said in there was basically you have a mediocre scoring offense. You average 35 points a game in an era where 35 points a game is nothing to write home about. I mean, literally Alabama hasn't been held below 34, five points in two years. And that's your average. And you've done it against weak opponents. Fact, weak opponents. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, and you came out not thinking you had to do something different against Alabama. You know, that, that's maddening. So I feel like you don't really know if you left it all on the table and just weren't as good as Bama, and now you can go to the drawing board and say, okay, here's where we got to get better. I think there are some areas on defense where you got, hey, look, I got to get better in secondary. They can't just be Kyle Hamilton and they got, they got to get better there. They can't keep going to getting grad transfers that are solid players uh, to come out and, and, and shut down Devontae Smith and, and, you know, the guys that you'd have to face at Ohio State or Clemson next week. You just – you can't do that. You got to recruit better and develop better. I think they got a guy in the secondary in, in Mike Mickens that can do that. He's bringing in a great DB class – or your cornerback class. So, that's a great start in my opinion. So, there's definitely areas you got to get better. But at the end of the day, Vince, no matter who the players are, no matter who the coaches are, the assistant coaches are, the coordinators, there's been one constant from the moment Brian Kelly got here. The first big game Brian Kelly coached in at Notre Dame was 2010 against Stanford, and they got embarrassed. Now fast forward 11 years later, and they're playing against Alabama, and they got embarrassed. Two weeks after getting embarrassed by Clemson. And that's the one constant. That's the one constant of this whole thing is Brian Kelly and his stubbornness. The only good news is for the last nine, eight years, Brian Kelly has been trying to be like Alabama in 2012. Maybe now he'll start trying to be like Alabama 2020, and he might realize you have to score points to win a championship. So he spent eight years trying to be like Alabama 2012. Now maybe he realizes, hey, why isn't Alabama like Alabama in 2012? And then you make the changes you need to make to go out and be better. You had a really good freshman receiving class. You have a really good, really good freshman or receiving class coming in next year. You've got the t- best tight end depth chart in the country, and you've got a lot of talent at running back with a lot of experience coming back. If you don't look at this roster and say, we got to do some things schematically to push the tempo, especially when you consider first-year starting quarterback, hopefully, hopefully it's not a grad transfer. I mean, look, if you can go out and get a, get a Justin Fields or Joe Burrow, go get them. That's different. But That's that a guy's different not conversation. Out there. Yeah. I don't know who that guy is, Right. right? But you don't do it for a Jack Cohn or an Anthony Russo. You develop your kids. But if you have a first-year starting quarterback and you have a young offensive line, then you just can't line up and do what you do. You have to – this is a crazy thought, but, I'm, but Brian Kelly said it. Scheme your way to points because you're going to have a lot of talent next year. 
you wasted a lot of it this year. Hopefully they learn from that and don't do that next year. But that's what you, you head into the off season with such a disappointment because, you know, a, a promising season gets once again fades down the stretch because the Notre Dame offense scored 24 combined points, 14 of them were when the game was in doubt and they were down 30-something to seven, right? 30-something to three. That's where two of their touchdowns of those 24 points came from. I mean, that's just not good enough, and it's not a talent issue. Maybe it's a talent issue that you don't win, but it's not a talent issue that you lost. Right. You weren't competitive on offense. Right. So that is what it is, Vince. That's how I feel. That's where I'm frustrated as I felt like. I get it. The, the players who played their butts off – we're not put in position a lot of the time, especially on offense, to show what they can do. And that's what's going to leave that bitter taste in your mouth going into this offseason. But here we are. We're in the offseason now. And uh, th- there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot more to talk about with this game. And uh, we, we will be bringing you uh, all that information here moving forward. Brian and I are going to put our heads together and and kind of talk about how we want to move forward with the offseason and, and how we want to, uh, you know, attack this game and, and, and the things of that nature. But uh, you can be guaranteed that we're going to be coming at you with all kinds of stuff, we, whether it's over on irisbreakdown.com or whether it's on the podcast. So make sure you subscribe uh, to the podcast. And, uh, you know, that way you're notified every time a new one drops. And uh, we're glad we could get this one to you because we both had to get some of this off of our chest. But uh, uh, for Brian Driscoll, he's the publisher. For myself, Vince Tadario, I'm the football analyst. We will talk to you next time on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.